Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Woven. This is the second part of a two-part episode, a um, continuation of our conversation with Shannon Doyle-Bell and Meredith Copley on how to engage the racial diversity in our communities as part of our Want to Be My Neighbor series. The conversation was so rich and so deep and so lengthy that we decided to make this two parts. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, which was episode 54, please go back first and listen to the start of our conversation with these ladies and then come back and listen to the second part. And we pray that this would just be the beginning of a really long conversation and um, the beginning of a long story and a long process for everyone um, involved on all sides. And um, we, once again, would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions and where you are um, in these conversations. And we just thank Shannon and Meredith so much for their heart and their um, openness and their honesty and their transparency as they spoke on this um very difficult topic that can be uncomfortable, but it was such a blessing to all of us, to me and Rebecca as well. So um, without further ado, here's the second part of our conversation with them. And yeah, go back and listen to the first part. Just to blow up this whole idea of of race and, you know, and how it's a social construct. Talk about that a little bit. That's, I mean, that blow your mind just thinking about it. I mean... It was really just born to have give a certain group power. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, to it's a social construct so that one group can have power over the other mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And um, you know, it's unfortunate, but true. Mm-hmm. The reality, the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the idea that that naming race because ethnicity is is true but race is a social construct am mm-hmm. i explaining that correctly yes. make sure i'm explaining that correctly it's true. i've done yes. a little reading on it but sometimes it doesn't always come back to me properly but yes. um but yeah so like you know the, the idea of our ethnicities is can we define the lightly two. define those yeah so i'm shaming can correct me but like ethnicity is obviously our makeup from you know what are our, our, the land of origin your land of origin so whether whether you know it's from you know whether it's from the you know it's okay so i'll break again. down mine yes. i think i, I have a list of mine it's yes. like if i can remember almost yes so this is your but, so west africa cameroon that area yeah. then also um uh very Europe, German, uh, Russian, yes, Ire- Ireland, English, French. Like I'm just a mix Makes of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and that's your ethnicity. Ethnicity. Yes, and and so like my ethnicity is um, I have a, a lot of Southern European, so French, mm-hmm. Italian. Mm-hmm. Like that's the the largest chunk of my ethnicity, mm-hmm. and that's so you know that and that can all be if you do the genetic test, it goes all the way down to like like. The, the way, you know, thousands of years back where like all of, um, you know, humanity started and it's like just these like groups of people, mm-hmm. that's your ethnicity, mm-hmm. your race, this white, mm-hmm. black, Latino, like that race, that, that, what those labels were set up so that people could be labeled 
to put different groups yeah. in different positions. Like that is a, like you said, that is a man-made social construct versus ethnicity being your genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just to back that up, like one of the things we talked about at our uh, church when we did a talk on this was, um, so the Human Genome Project, mm-hmm. do y'all remember back in um, the 90s? 90s? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Basically it studied um, like that humans across racial and eth- ethnic lines are like, almost exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And so like when we think about like our genetic predispositions to certain diseases and things that has nothing to do with our DNA Mm -hmm. that has way more to do with. So like African-Americans are more prone to um, heart disease and diabetes that they've now like linked to that's because of the social constructs they're in and that then results in these sorts of eating habits because mm-hmm. this is the food that was available. That's provided yeah, that's, to them. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have a whole in. Foods in a Trader Joe's on their corner. Yeah. Yes. The liquor store <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes, <laughs> un- yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, and, you know, they, and, and so you think about like, in this, we can talk about this forever, but you think about like the compound history and the effect that this has on um, the psyches of, uh, of, um, of you know um brown people mm-hmm. over time and they had this one picture where it showed they videotaped um, a little black they had several kids a little black kid and um and they basically let them just dis- describe like is this they gave them a, a white baby and a, and a black baby baby doll said, not babies but which, baby dolls. <laughs> sorry, not a real one baby doll <laughs> and i mean my husband and it, we had never seen that but you think this is years ago um which one's the good baby and it was, they always chose the white baby. Which one do you think is really, really smart? And they, and then these are like five and six and seven year olds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like, this is, you have to think like, if you're starting, we needed to start from a place of understanding mm-hmm. of this is the effect mm-hmm. that these, <laughs> these human structures have mm-hmm. had on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, they've been showing studies now just, in the African-American population of how DNA, like slavery and the pain of slavery and the experience of slavery is in our DNA. Like for people to say, oh, that was the past. It doesn't affect you now. Yes, it does affect, like into the DNA, to my cells in my body, it affects Mm -hmm. me. Not only that my grandmother's grandmother, like, you know, was a sharecropper or Mm -hmm. like it wasn't too far removed from my experience that my family had, this experience, you know, mm-hmm. yes. um, but we're now seeing how it has affected us psychologically, biologically. Yeah. It's, you know, devastating. Yeah. It's trauma. <clears throat> yes. And yes. I mean, trauma doesn't just go away. No. Yeah. It, yeah. Because we made reparations or not made reparations. That's the story for another time, but, or that we've, you know, there's been some kind, and I think about, you know, cause I, the part of the country I'm from and my husband's from, you know, there's, um, a large um, Native American population mm-hmm. and all of all of that background, and you can see you can see the steps. Like my husband's from Oklahoma, so it's you know mm-hmm. mostly all Native, Native American. American. I mean, big chunks of Oklahoma are only Native American, and like where they are health wise, economically, everything is all traced back to mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. has got them to where they are now. It's mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. in in any race that has been um, suppressed mm-hmm. and oppressed. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, you it it. it it is a compound effect. So mm-hmm. I remember um, oh, what book was I reading? 
um, talking about the compound effect uh, on the on the um, economy in the in the black community because you weren't able to own a home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like so, there's just you know, white people have been able to own homes since X time. Red, the red line. Yeah, because and your then, ability to own a home is directly related to your parents' ability to own, to own a home, yes. to their parents' ability, mm-hmm. and yes. you can literally just trace it back yes. down this line. So, it's and like, our ability to not and to live in the projects where my family's from in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is directly because of my parents. And my, like, yeah. it's yes. like mm-hmm. all connected. And yes. redlining is real and all of those things. Exactly. You know, but, exactly. Um, and so to say that, like, the past is in the past and the, and, and we're here now and can, why can't, because I think that's what, that's why, what the white community does. I'm not saying everybody in the white community. No, mm-hmm. but, but I'm just saying. Pulling when, you up. Pull up your bootstraps. Not everyone even has boots. Like yeah. that whole part, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. breaking yeah. that and down. And that's a yeah. huge missing piece that I feel like is a great place for um, a lot of people to start. Is just understanding that you can't even say that mm-hmm. yet because um, you can't just for, you can't forgive and forget. Like there's reparations that mm-hmm. need to be done in that yeah. to mm-hmm. make it equal. Mm-hmm. Well, just we're because about equality, mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. just to say and and. To, to not be able to say, let's just forgive and forget doesn't mean we can't get, start to make a process moving forward. For sure. Like we, but, but, you, but as you move forward, you can't forget the past. Right. Like we, we can go as, I, I mean, I hope and pray that no matter how far we get in this process, mm-hmm. we still don't forget. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's a part of our story. And like if we ignore the, our story, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. the thing is, is history repeats itself. Yeah. So this idea, let's just forget the past. This whole idea of, like, that was in the past, this is now, let's move forward. Like, history, unfortunately, human beings are simple. And we have the same patterns. These patterns have been going on since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So there's always... Uh, one one group of people is always going to strive to be in power over another group of people, and, and until we understand that that's our history, mm-hmm. like we're going to continue to do it. And where this is for women here, we we can talk about you know yeah. the patriarchal society, like how yeah. that like is a cycle, and like mm-hmm. we push out from under it and it comes back again. Like mm-hmm. like it, I mean, there's always a striving for power right. um, and a or a level of privilege yes. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no matter what um, community you're in. And understanding that, like, if we don't understand our past, like, that cycle's never going to be broken. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, like, just talk, speaking back to this overarching thing of, like, proximity brings understanding. And mm-hmm. I can speak to my own experience in that where maybe five or six or seven years ago when I had, um, you know, new children, I was still sort of, like, you'd hear a rap song and you'd be like, why do they have to cuss? Why do they have to say all these things? Why does it have to be so harsh and complaining and society and, like, well, let me tell you from Meredith Copley, who now lives in Atlanta, Georgia, as I start understanding the history of the social uh, structures and constructs and racial divides and privilege that we have, the way that they're talking in those songs begins to make more sense to me mm-hmm. yeah. because they're fed up mm-hmm. and they're frustrated in the reality of what their life has looked at and the privilege that they've seen um, white people have in front of them and that they've gotten knocked down again. They haven't gotten the second chance and they haven't. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you start to understand these things, but it's only because you've brought yourself in con- in, um, in close proximity to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's go there then. So what what is let's define define community. Like mm-hmm. because your community can be your neighborhood, your community can be your school, your community mm-hmm. can be your city, your community can be the United States. Like what is, what are we talking about here when we're talking about community? 
I think you have to define it for yourself. I mean, there's the community at work, like, you you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, but I think if we're talking about the Christian community, that's very large and that, you know, can spread as far as you want it to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess, Rebecca, you were talking about, um, you know, sometimes people need to take baby steps. There's always some form of community you can start with. I don't care if it's like just the one person at work or maybe Mm -hmm. your child Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe it's starting with just that, like mm-hmm. breaking a cycle in your generation, in this next generation that yeah. you're parenting or being an auntie to or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. There's yeah. always somebody that yeah. you can help, um, you know, engage community with or teach or whatever. Learn. Yeah. I don't know if I'm answering that right. You know, but no, I think no, that. I, I think you have to define it for yourself. And I think your community can be as small as what you're saying yeah. as mm-hmm. um, your children or your or as, neighbor or your, mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy that works at Publix or mm-hmm. your dry cleaner. Or, or your entire what, church yes. or your entire yes. school that you're a PTA yeah. parent of. Or Yeah. I mean, I define office. it as my sphere of influence. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. You know? And, I, and my personality is one, and Rebecca and Meredith know this, but my personality is one is I'm always, like, thinking, like, real big. Yes. Like, so, so like, what do I need to do that's real big? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, my kids are in school right. every day <laughs> in a super diverse population, and not just African-American, but, like, there's um, 25% Indian, and there's, I mean, our international night at our school, how many different countries like are represented? 28 different 28 countries. 28 different countries are represented yeah. within our student body. And so, <laughs> so like, it's right there. Every single my kids are getting on the school bus every day and going to a school, and I'm volunteering in a school, and I'm on a PTA that is probably half black and half white. Like, like that's what I'm doing every day. Like, so why, do, why am I ignoring that and, like, trying to, like, you know, like, what march can I go to in D.C.? You know, I'm not saying that those things aren't important, too, but, but like, our sphere of influences can, can be much smaller than we make it. And, we some, can, yeah. and true influence can yeah. be more influential in small places, I think. Well, and yeah. I think, I don't know if it was intentional for you to be part of a diverse community or not. It, it was. I mean, I think that's... Yeah awesome first of all yeah. to become part of the community yeah. you want to be the yes. diverse community yes. is one but then to also engage it and not just be like okay I send my kids to that diverse school mm-hmm. but to exactly. actually get to know those yes. families mm-hmm. and do life with those families and your kids are having yeah. sleepovers with those kids mm-hmm. and you know you're inviting them to dinner and, and what have you yeah um is a totally different experience mm-hmm. than yeah that's that's what they do during the day but the rest yes. of our lives is and I think that's where I'm at right now like okay so I mean for those of you outside of Atlanta um Atlanta is one of those cities where um I have never before in my life and all my experiences with um the cities I've lived in that more people choose their child's education than anywhere else yes. like here it is like <laughs> a decision that most people in the United States don't even understand because most of the United States you go to the school that you go to or you're Catholic you go to a Catholic school or whatever mm-hmm. but like but here, like, literally, it is a, like, people spend more time on this decision than just about anything else. It's, it's every year. You would think you would make it one year, and then it's just done. But yes, every, every year, you have to and, think and about it. It's I didn't weird. realize it was not like that in other places. Because yes. that's just always how it's been around. Yeah. Yeah. You're from Atlanta. Yeah, so, like, really. so you're, so, so here in, like, you are making a choice. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, Honestly, we could make another choice. Not everybody has that. Well, option. I'm just going to enter in there. Like, in for those of us that are just starting this journey, like, 
if you have a choice, that is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just having yeah. a choice is a privilege, privilege that 90% of the people will never experience. Exactly. So what I, so what I could do is be like, okay, I made this choice. Look at me. I made this choice. My kids are going to the super diverse school. We're choosing mm-hmm. public school. I, I'm a martyr, like all of these, like, and I don't, you would never say those things out loud, but I could have that attitude. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes I have had that attitude of like, look at me, look how diverse my school is. Mm-hmm. And look how mm-hmm. great I am that I'm sending my kids to the diverse school but they don't actually engage and like that is where my conviction has come in the past few years and where God has hit me as like okay so you need to walk the walk mm-hmm. like you you talk big that you're all pro public schools and you want your kids to be in a diverse population you picked this neighborhood and you picked this place when you could have chosen to live x y and z other place like you chose it because mm-hmm. you want your kids to be part of a diverse community but what are you doing to engage it mm-hmm. and so I think that's the next question mm-hmm. is like and, and I mean, let's just be honest, people of our, white people of our generation like to, to say all the things that they're doing socially. We uh-huh. like to say that we're, or chunks of us like to say, look, look at me. I buy all organic mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I, and I signed up on the, this petition and I support this cause on Facebook and I, sh- <laughs> there's that funny SNL skit. Mm-hmm. where he, he just it's he's in the skit the skit is it's like a white guy sitting on the couch and he's just all of all of his um social justice work is like just sharing on Facebook yeah and, oh, stuff. Yeah. and like and like he wants to be praised for that it's a really funny skit you should mm, watch it but that's um funny. it's, true. Really, it's so true well, like, heck, like i live in decatur I am surrounded by like woke liberals, but ask me how many black people live in my neighborhood. One, yeah. one black lady lives in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is white. And I'm just looking around like, and I'm just like, something like, is wrong. Like you're all like mad at me or sometimes or like you get in these fights, but then like you don't have any black friend. And, like, I don't think you should go out and like make a friend just because they're black. Just so you can save a black friend. Like then that's a whole yeah. other thing we should probably talk about. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's crazy how we can all just talk and talk and talk and be like enraged and then not actually change our behavior. Okay. So my question, I guess is how, can we evolve ourselves in the community without creating a in quotation marks white savior complex Mm -hmm. well first of all creating (laughs) (laughs) we we don't actually create create no it it is is. i mean if it's a diverse or majority people of color group Mm -hmm. that you are engaging in and you are white Mm -hmm. then you are already bringing that element and you need Mm -hmm. to understand that you need Mm -hmm. to understand that you're bringing that privilege into the group because yes. you may not have grown up in that area, so to yeah. speak, or mm-hmm. or whatever. You're just you have a different experience than them. Yeah, um, I can think of it, an example for me would be like, and I think this has happened at our school. Um, it's gotten much better um, in that our the leadership of like our PTA. When I first started, what four years ago, um, it was mostly white. Mm-hmm. Even though that didn't, that's not representative of the school mm-hmm, population, mm-hmm, um, it has become. Like I sat, we sat at the volunteer breakfast this mm-hmm. morning, uh, volunteer appreciation breakfast this morning, and the room was very diverse, awesome. which makes me very happy. Yeah. But I, what has happened in the past, I think, is that you know it's white leadership coming in and mm-hmm. deciding Taking what over. the school needs, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and part of that may be just because. That's just how it happened. Mm-hmm. But some of that is, you know, coming in and I'm, you know, I'm going to change the school right. because I have the privilege to be able to change the school without addressing the actual needs of the entire student population. Right. Or the culture that yes. it's built up. Because yes. we have a little bit of that going on at my children's school, which is very diverse too. Mm-hmm. A third white, a third Latino, a third black, sprinkles of Asian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I mean... 
that's been a Title I school. Mm-hmm. It's been majority Black and Hispanic, Latino, and it's starting to change a little bit through maybe gentrification a little. Mm-hmm. So yes. there, you know, there is pushback. Like, we don't want it to for white leadership to come in and say, we want to change it like this and have it just like that white school over there. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to keep the culture and Mm -hmm. celebrate the culture that the school has built up, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, understanding it. What is their need? It's not about you coming in and trying to change it and make it quote unquote better in your opinion. It's Mm -hmm. empowering leadership that already exists there. Yeah. Yeah. And using your resources to empower them. Yes. And your influence. Instead of taking over. Yeah. So is that how we can use our white privilege well? That was a question I had just as we're talking about this because it's there. And I know a lot of us are pretty earnest and want to exercise our privilege in positive ways because we know we have it and Mm -hmm. it's there. Mm -hmm. But don't want to take over and do things like support. Support. Be supportive. Yeah. You don't have to be the leader taking mm-hmm. over everything. You yeah. know, like understand if if you see a need, then you should be supportive instead of oh, that I'm going to fix it. Yes, or change it. First, fix in quotes. Fix in quotes because I think I think so. That's a lot of what I see. A lot of what I see is this: we've got to fix these things. Mm-hmm. That well, first that right there is mm-hmm. just a punch to the gut, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. these things need to be fixed, whatever mm-hmm. those things are. Mm-hmm. And then um, also changing our view on what a good environment is, a good school environment mm-hmm. is. Because I think lots of times what has happened, at least in our environment, is well, we want our school to look like an East Cobb school. Mm-hmm. And not because mm-hmm. we want to change our diversity, but we want it to be run and done in a way like, and if people that are outside of Atlanta, East Cobb is an area that's. Um, that a lot of people from our area of town move to because it's wealthy. It's wealthy. The schools well are better funded. Yeah, well funded. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, I think even without even without even doing it intentionally, think, oh, we need to make our school better and look like that. Mm-hmm. Without thinking about the ramifications of that, right. maybe our school doesn't need to be better in those ways. Maybe mm-hmm. it just needs to be supported. And I, what I've caught myself is thinking that I know what's best for the school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I not giving the opinions of of every representation of the student body mm-hmm. versus just like what I think is the best because I think I know. And think about that. It takes time. Yeah. You have to get to know people yes. and mm-hmm. their circumstances mm-hmm. and understanding, yeah. you know, that like the history and then also their experiences. So it's, again, it can't just be a rushed process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to make space Yeah, if you're yeah. going to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think we rush when we're scared. And I think we rush when we feel like defensive. Mm-hmm. And so I think yes. that's just a good thing. Like, cause whenever I feel rushed to fix these issues sure. in my own heart, I have to check myself and be like, okay, like that's to me always a sign that it is like an issue. Yeah. It's like, do I feel like it's I have to fix it right now? So true because fear does keep a lot of community engagement from actually being successful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that leads to a good question. What doesn't work? Like what doesn't work with community engagement besides not leaning into fear? But yeah. What other ways? I think, you know, not under, obviously not understanding the culture mm-hmm. um, and like we were just talking about, like making it kind of about you and what your mission is rather mm-hmm. than who you're engaging. Um, so that, like we were talking about. And that's about, a word for a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're talking about m- missions. missions. Uh, yes, exactly. Like off before recording, we were talking about mission work and, you know, it takes most people who have been on a mission trip know mm-hmm. they prepare for a long time before with an agenda 
(laughs) that it's, you know, are you making that agenda about, okay, very focused on this is what we're going to do regardless, or are you going to be open and you're going to understand who you're engaging and you're going to learn about them and what they need and then empowering the leaders in that community. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And to have a long-term effect. Yeah. It's not going to damage after you leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Some of the, and I think that's for, if you're speaking for white people, like, exactly what you said Rebecca like how can I um, how can I empower the existing leadership and I think so much of that comes from a a starting place of humility Mm -hmm. and so you're asking questions like how can I help help me understand Mm -hmm. what what do you need what are we not understanding yeah and I'm going to tell you people are going to tell you Mm -hmm. yeah they're going to tell you what they need Mm -hmm. you know and I think that that that's just coming from a place of humility, not uh-huh. assuming that you know the best thing. Uh-huh. And so and if you're coming alongside of them and using your privilege in a way that's going to support and, um, you know, that's, I think what the mark of a good leader is, is you're constantly pushing power outside of yourself. Right. That's others. really good. <clears throat> yeah. And you're probably going to feel uncomfortable doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like yeah. You said, and then that means you're probably in the right place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a, a good reminder for me that um, like, I think, you know, everybody sitting at this table, a lot of people listening, you wouldn't be listening if you didn't feel this way. Like we have good intentions mm-hmm. and we have a heart um, for the other, for the other. And, um, and, but we have to, it's a slow road. Like we need to, we need to be okay with the process instead, yes, of, instead of pushing forward yeah. too fast. And it's like with any sin we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't be like, I'm an alcoholic. I'm just going to quit drinking cold turkey. I mean, some people do, but you should not. <laughs> you should, it's like a total process and you're yeah. checking in weekly with meetings mm-hmm. and you're, and so it's like, it's becoming like a, it's, I feel like it's almost like a muscle we're building over yeah. time and committing to building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think part of that is, you know, um, we, you know, not every issue, particularly the ones y'all have talked about in community is going to be every person on this podcast issue. But I will say that I believe, especially if you're a person of faith, that God calls you to love and be in community with people that are racially more diverse or Mm -hmm. racially diverse people. And, um, and I think that starts with a position of humility Mm -hmm. and gaining understanding and, um, but also deciding that it's important. Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, we're all busy at this table we all have a million relationships and there's a lot of things that are pulling at us, but I think you have to decide this is important. And this is an area that I feel like I can grow in and my family can grow in. So I'm going to commit to whatever of the many things that we've, you know, suggested and y'all have talked about to move the needle in this area in our life. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a sacrifice a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and I think it just, you have to start with acknowledging that and deciding it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I think you could talk about sacrifice a little bit, like more, too because I think you know if your heart's changing Mm -hmm. then you're going to start looking at the life you've built Mm -hmm. a little differently and say this isn't what I really like like I don't like you know I've had friends to be the bridge and just in my life say well I just realized like every area of my life is white and I don't like it and I don't Mm -hmm. understand why and I need to change this Mm -hmm. um I need to find out why and how Mm -hmm. And are you really willing to move to a different community or um, do church differently or do school differently? Or how does that look? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or or willing to engage on an issue that, um, and this is a quote, anyone who knows me, I've been saying it for the past year, um, our 
local dentist and school board chairman, Dr. Jaha Howard says, you know, we have to get to the place. And he was speaking about community and school board and stuff like that. And I think you could say it across a lot of spectrums Mm -hmm. where we care just as much about other people's kids as we care about our own. Mm -hmm. And that is going to color and it's going to fill in these areas where like, where can we change in a way that we, our family, our community is caring more about all the people that represent this community than just our little nuclear family mm-hmm. or just our little nuclear friendship. Yeah. And and taking even further and saying, well, we're preparing the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. There's, okay, I'm going to have another quote. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. it, it was like a good transition into this Greek proverb that says, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, our purpose is not just for us right now and for our comfortable life right now, but for our kids and then their kids and Mm -hmm. then all the generations ahead of us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And I was just thinking, you know, like, why should Christians care about this issue? Um, Since most people listening to this podcast are... Um, most of them, um, we're, we're a faith-based podcast, and so most of the mm-hmm. listeners are. Um, I it, we talked about how well, you know the whole point of Christianity is reconciling us back to God. So why yeah. wouldn't we be the leadership in this? But also, I was just thinking we came we just came off a retreat with our church that the whole retreat was about heaven, and one of the things our pastor said was, um, "Our life here on earth." is mm. practice for heaven. Mm. Like everything we do here on earth, like it's not a separation, like mm-hmm. heaven's not there and and then we're here and it's two different things. Like everything we do here is preparation for there. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't read very far into scripture without mm-hmm. seeing that every nation is going to be represented. Mm-hmm. Every color is going to be represented. Every person is going to be represented in heaven. And that's who we are going to be with forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be worshiping with forever and we're going to be working with forever and all of those things um and so why wouldn't we practice that now like why wouldn't we be ready for that now mm-hmm. and so um you know the, the lord's prayer is you know um make it you know on earth as, as it, it is in heaven and like mm-hmm. it as it is in heaven right now everybody's you know and it's not like everybody's the same color we, our resurrected bodies aren't going to be all the same color like it's mm-hmm. also jesus yes. wasn't white yeah right. just, <laughs> so but just like you know it's going to be it's going to all be represented in heaven why wouldn't we practice that here mm-hmm. and so yeah that's part of it too mm-hmm. and i think you know i mean i think before we started this today we talked about like this is a really big topic this you couldn't you couldn't encompass encompass this in a year of talking. Right. And yeah. so for a lot of people, this is going to be the first sort of foray into this issue. And I think, and I think y'all said you were going to put some resources in the show notes. Yeah. There's just a lot of really great yeah. books and websites and even mm-hmm. some like Netflix documentaries that you and your friends or you and your spouse or whoever could sit down and talk that are just like really good resources mm-hmm. to start this journey. I mean, you don't have to eventually, and you said this so well, Shannon, before we started, you don't have to like be like, okay, now I'm going to go out and mm-hmm. um, start and whatever. That may be true. You can't tell people what their story is in the next step. I think everyone can start in a place of learning and informing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we can't say right now. Okay. So now everyone yes. next is. Yes. Go join everyone the bridge. Like that's right. just not for everybody. Everyone has to yeah. define it for themselves and yeah. figure out what the next step is and pray about it mm-hmm. and read and research and do the work. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. something you can do. And I think you can start on that 
doing the work by learning and reading some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, also, um, you know, we just live in a time where this is front and center. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to have this ignorant thought that we can just stick our head in the sand and allow it to all go on around us without us needing to um, know what's going on is, is Mm -hmm. foolish. Um, I think we, it is in front of our faces and we need to understand it. We need to know why we need to know what we can do and even large or small and um, to, to ignore it is not definitely not the way forward. It's very frustrating being a per- person of color. Right. Saying mm-hmm. that like yeah. it's either people making excuses or people saying, I just like to live in my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Like either boldly saying that or just doing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just avoiding because it all that together. saying is I can live in my bubble because it doesn't affect and, me. And right. Because I and what our friends, to do it. Yes. Of yeah. color are saying, I can't do that because nope. that affects my everyday living. Every breathing. moment. Yeah. <laughs> Since yeah. birth and my kids. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I have this talk with some of my white Christian friends about how I've talked about race with my kids since three years old, yes. two or three years old. We talk about this and they're like, oh, I don't think I can do that yet. And their child's 10, you know, yes. <laughs> like yeah. they have the privilege to wait, deci- wait mm-hmm. and decide. And, you know, well, and they're to, like, what? Your child had an interaction at three? Yes. Well, and, and they're think, shocked. And the thing that our kids aren't thinking about is also yes. like that my kids are colorblind. Yes. And I just love I, I'm just teaching my kids to be colorblind. Yeah. Because like my nine-year-old daughter she she sees what she she sees at school mm-hmm. and then she sees our diverse community and then we this happened not too long ago we, we were leaving church and we were driving home from willie's and just out of nowhere she was like mom why are there no black people at our church mm-hmm. she, she was eight at the time mm-hmm. and i'm like oh jesus give me strength <laughs> like and because but her she's like she's like mom like everybody at my school my neighborhood, my basketball team, my softball team, like there's all these different colors, but our church, there's, she was like, and she started like naming like the one or two people and a couple of them were people who worked in the nursery. Mm -hmm. And she was like, those are the only people I know at our church. Like that doesn't make sense. And so we had to have a conversation about, you know, and then I, I, you know, of course that I, I'm the type of person who gives too much information, but then we started talking about why church segregation and all of that kind of stuff. And then she was like, you know, (laughs) I love it. I do the same thing. And I'm like, they'll take some of it. Yeah. Right. We'll just rehash it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's torture about like you're right, and mm-hmm. it's it's not great. It mm-hmm. feels it feels weird. It feels unnatural because mm-hmm. it feels unnatural to her. Yeah, like I don't understand. And yeah. so I think um, I, I think we have to have these hard conversations, and you don't have a choice but to have the hard mm-hmm. conversation. And just within my yes. family of five, we're all yes. over the uh, spectrum color wise. My mm-hmm. husband's yes. like a darker brown. I'm a more medium brown tone and two of my boys are similar and then my youngest daughter's mm-hmm. blonde hair blue eyed whiter lighter skin yes <laughs> and so just yeah. with all three of my kids have different color eyes and I mean we're just yes. and then their grandparents obviously mm-hmm. and we're just all over the place and, and that's so, a whole nother set of discussion a whole about, other set of discussion. about that, how that works but yeah. um you know everything about my life is affected by race yeah every single thing yeah. So, um, and if we're for white Christians, people to understand that is big. Yeah. And I just, I mean, again, I'm going to go back to scripture. I'm going to say, if God calls us to bear with one another, mm-hmm. yeah. that is what this means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to bear with you mm-hmm. and understand what your experience is. 
Because Jesus tells me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's a genuine intent, mm-hmm. being very authentic and really, like, yeah. as a person of color, like, understanding that mm-hmm. I know that about Meredith, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she has that heart for that. Mm-hmm. And she really wants to understand and really wants to take the time yeah. is is huge. Mm-hmm. Because when someone's not like that, I'm not going to really want to engage with you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nor do I see them trying anyway. So it's just whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole, it's, yeah, 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 it's just yeah. a whole other piece yeah. of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's what it's about. And if we're going to be in these diverse settings, we have to take responsibility for that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we will definitely I talk about this all day. I know. <laughs> I wish we had more time. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we're already at a pretty long amount of time. And so I think we're going to be at two episodes anyways. Like, yeah. so, but, um, but I do want everybody to know, please look at the show notes. I don't think people always look at show notes, but this is the time to look mm-hmm. at show notes because we're going to link to some good books to start with good books yeah. and resources. And I have to shout out my, um, my father's company oh, yeah, yes. inclusiveperformance.com um inclusiveperformance.com yes yeah. of inclusive performance strategies they do diversity inclusion and equity work and my sister Siobhan Doyle Holton helped me prepare for today oh, a little bit too that's awesome. um so yeah you can go to their website and especially if you're a business person and want business, to understand like school how, yeah. ministry healthcare mm-hmm. they they have a broad team for all, all these discussions that's awesome. so that's they can yeah. come and speak or help train a staff or whatever mm-hmm. yes but um yeah it's good work it's exhausting work i don't know how they do it every day day in and day mm-hmm. out to be honest but they're inspiring my dad it was on his heart i think over Two, almost 15 years ago now is that he just he's started. Always been done, he's always done, or is this new for well, Yes, around project well, yeah, management. I mean, like, yeah, right, right. right. Naturally, naturally, he's had to do that, but like just he as a career. Doing business project management, working in, okay. in healthcare and um, in different avenues, and then decided to branch out and saw the need. I remember someone saying, why do we why do we need that? We I think it was in the Obama just before Obama era. Like why do we need to have diversity and inclusion? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't under they really they were white. Yes. But they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And um and now it's like everywhere. It's the mm-hmm. buzz like we said, the buzzwords like mm-hmm. that yeah. we're looking for. Um but uh yeah, so they're doing they my sister suggested this there's a community engagement toolkit. But yes, it'll be in the oh, show notes. Cool. Yes, great. Yeah. Um, that's great. That's great. So anybody, so we've got the broad spectrum of listeners. I'm sure the ones that just want to read a little bit that want to watch Netflix documentary, but there might be somebody out there or several somebody's out there that are like, this is what I feel like God's calling me to mm-hmm. get involved with. Mm-hmm. And then they might want to dig into something that, or my church is getting involved, involved in, in this and here's some resources. Exactly. Or, um, or you own your own business or whatever. So there's yeah. probably going to be a wide spectrum. So we're going to provide a wide spectrum of resources yeah. yes. from a toolkit that you can bring into your business place to, <clears throat> right. to just like a book you can read. And, in. you know, be the bridges, be a bridge for yes. that ministry that we've been talking mm-hmm. about quite a bit. Yeah. So, but yes. And there's the, the resource list on that is overwhelming as yes. I started to like pick through it and it's just there's a lot of free resources right yeah, a lot of free and you and can yeah, yeah engage yeah. engage quote unquote in it however you want if you want yes. to really dive in and like get into a big deep study you can do mm-hmm. that or you can just kind of peruse the website mm-hmm. and just yeah. hmm what is this about yeah yeah and she's also in the process of writing a book which I'm super excited yes about, so. um 
Okay. So to wrap up, I mean, I don't want to speak for either of you, but what I've heard both of you say that you would like is listening Mm -hmm. and understanding Mm -hmm. or an attempt to understand. Yes. It's like where we can all kind of start out. Yeah. Everyone has a story. Understand it. Care. Yeah. Care. Well, I think this links through all of our episodes in the series is what we said with Lori and what we said with Shafre was people just want to be seen. Yes. And I think that 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 can be brought into this conversation too. As let's just like see everyone. Mm -hmm. Let's see the see see everyone around us and the other and um you know, that's black to whites and whites black and black to Latino and all of it. Like we all connecting all those dots. Like it's Mm -hmm. just about being seen and we all want to be seen. So Mm -hmm. Thank you both so much for your time. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. Here. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you guys. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. Bye.